preachers and other speakers that have the handheld or ha uh, the wireless or lapel or whatever they are. I'm not at that level because I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so this gives me one less hand to worry about what I'm doing with. Amen. Acts chapter 2 is where I'm going to start. I don't want you to ever be afraid to talk basics. Basics of doctrine, basics of scripture, belief, and, you know, you just never know what someone either has learned or heard, or even still what they remember, if they have heard it before. Um, the term Pentecost and the term Pentecostal are terms that uh, those of us in the room are familiar with. We've heard plenty and heard it explained to some degree. Um, I remember about fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. Um, so I was I was uh, raised in a Pentecostal church. I had um, been around and attended, and and church was nothing new to me. It was it was normal to me, and all the things that took place in a Pentecostal church they were normal to me. And I'm thankful for that. Um, but I remember this. I want to say it was fifth grade. Um, <laughs> somehow the term Pentecostal was, was brought up and talked about in my fifth grade class. Just between us students uh, in a time of uh, turning around talking to, to each other. And I remember there was a girl uh, who was familiar with the term I, looking back, uh, I was a quiet kid. Uh, I wasn't the type that was boisterous or talkative, or you know, if there, if if anybody else wanted to talk, I'm happy to just let them talk, and I'm still that way to a large degree. But uh, so so I know that the, the the conversation was coming up, and the topic was of church and religion and all these things. And you know, I'll I'll say this, children. Um, they absorb things. They, uh, we want to say a lot of times they know more than what we give them credit for, and I believe that that's true, but a lot of it is they absorb things. They, they, you just put them in an environment, and then you, you take them out of that environment, and they can tell you about things that were taking place in that environment because they absorbed it. And so I was, uh, I, 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 I thought, man, are we really going to talk about this right now in my science class or whatever class we were in? Um, but sure enough, uh, I don't even remember if it was me or somebody else that said the word Pentecostal, but I was one of those shy types and I'm a Pentecostal. You're what? I'm a Pentecostal. You are oh, I was shaking in my seat because that's that's way more personal than I'd ever care to be as a fifth fifth grader uh, to to these 
uh, classmates. And I remember this girl, she turns around in and, and her desk and looks at me and that says, she says, that means you can speak in tongues. And I thought, yeah, that's what that means. And she said, can you do it right now? Oh, man. <laughs> um, needless to say, I did not speak in tongues there in my, in my classroom with the uh, children and watching and, and waiting to see how this was going to go down. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I was saved by the bell or something at that point. But I didn't have to, and I got out of it. And whew, But looking back now, I remember uh, an instance like that and how it sticks with you um, throughout your life. And so I say that to say some people are familiar, whether you know it or not, are, uh, with the term Pentecostal and what it means. And, and, and in this day and age, many are. It's, it's becoming an increasingly, um, I don't know if I would say common, but it's becoming an increasingly well-known um, experience and doctrine and, and so forth. But we say, and what, what, what I grew up in the church that I was a part of, what we would say was, we are Pentecostal by experience, or have you experienced Pentecost? And we, we talk about it as um, a type of an event, okay, an act, a, 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 something that takes place that you're a part of. And in, in, in doing so, we are referring to and looking back to um, this setting in Acts chapter 2, when it talks about the day of Pentecost. Now, without going into great detail, the Pentecost was a day of celebration on the, according to the feast and the calendars that the Jews celebrated. It was 50 days after Passover. So, Penta meaning 50, 50 days past Passover. Um... If it would have been 80 days, maybe we would be called octocostals. I don't know. But so that's, that's where the term comes from, is Pentecost and, and the day that it took place. Okay, so that's what marked the calendar here. So it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, or on that first, or on that hour of the day when it started, when it says it's fully come, it's 1201, okay, it's, it's the day, it's the time. So at the start of that day, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Remember, if you go back to Acts chapter 1, uh, the disciples were told, go to Jerusalem, tarry there, wait for the promise of the Father, it says, wait in, until you be endued with power. So they're waiting in, in Jerusalem for, for what they're waiting for. I don't even think they fully knew what it was they were waiting for. They're just following the instruction to wait for this promise of the Father. And as they're waiting, they didn't show up on, on the day of Pentecost. You get that? They had already been there. They had, they had been sitting and waiting and, and just following the instruction. They were doing what they were last told to do. Terry and Jerusalem. 
So they're in the house there, uh, in the upper room of the house. And suddenly, the term that the scripture uses, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. What did it sound like? It sounded like a rushing mighty wind. It filled it, it, the sound filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Appeared means literally they saw it. They perceived this with their eyes to appear. Okay, if I was telling you about a, a tall magic bunny that's up here on the platform, you wouldn't believe me that it's there until it appeared to you. Okay, so there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Cloven means divided, as in split down the center or, or think of a, the hoof of an animal. We call those cloven. Okay, so cloven tongues, divided tongues as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. This almost sounds a little made up, doesn't it? I mean, all these crazy things. This, the, tr the scripture is true. If it's in here, I believe it. I believe it as it says it happened. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is the event. This is the experience. This is what when you hear or say or read, whatever it is, when you, when you see the term, have you experienced Pentecost? That's the experience that we're talking about. What happens in those first four, four verses there. So they, they began to speak. Everyone say speak. They began to speak with other tongues, other languages. The, 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 the Appearing of the tongues of fire, I believe, were a symbol to them as of what this would mean. Brother Vance. Uh-huh. Sending it. Yes. Right, right. So it says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, utterance here is, a, is an interesting and it's a unique term. But also in, in, important here is who it is that's giving the utterance. It wasn't just them deciding, oh, he sounds funny and different. Let me see if I can do that too. No, 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 no. The, 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 they yielded to the Spirit as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak the things that the Spirit wanted them to speak. 
That's kind of a mouthful. I know what I just said. They yielded to the Spirit and the things that the Spirit wanted them to speak. It's the ability, utterance is the ability to speak. It's what it is that you're saying. The Spirit chose to give them the ability to say what they were saying. We call this the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, these are terms, and I'm, I'm, I'm purposely going slow to make sure we all get this collectively. Because if you just walk up to somebody on the street that's never read or seen or heard Acts, two thir- Acts chapter 2 and say, have you received the Holy Ghost? Likely they're either going to say yes, but not really know what it means, or say, I have no clue what that even means. What, is it? what are you talking about? proof of that in the scripture when they go to john's apostles and 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 paul says have you received the holy ghost since you believed and they say i don't know what you're talking about we've never heard of such a thing would you believe that in the year 2019 there are still still people who have never heard such a thing So we have biblical precedent for for going up to someone and saying, that's great and awesome that you've started your walk with the Lord. And 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 I'm I'm glad to see that you are learning and being open to, to the work that the Lord wants to do. Let me ask you this question. Have you received the Holy Ghost in your in your walk with the Lord? I'll tell you a time. Uh, I guess this was going on 10 years ago. Um, a co-worker of mine approached me and said, I think I spoke in tongues. I'm not really sure what all it meant. But see, this church that I go to, um, the the church teaches that There is a a thing called the gift of tongues, and I think I got that gift. Man, I'm 34 years old now. 10 years ago, I was 24. I really didn't know how to respond to, to somebody when they came up and said that. I think I got the gift of tongues. Because that terminology, see, if you think about, if you step outside of our world for just a minute, of Pentecostals. Step outside of our world and and think about, and and the terminologies that we use, have you received the Holy Ghost? And then put yourself in in another setting where someone uses a a term that you're unfamiliar with. I might have the gift of tongues. Time out. Hang on. You're not speaking my language. I got to get back in the Bible and figure out what you're trying to tell me. See, the, the, the scripture is our guide. It's our, it's our truth. It's our understanding. Whatever, whatever grounds is being discussed or, or talked about or wanting to, wanted to, wanting to learn more about, it's in the Scripture. This is the guide. This is the rule book. So, I go to the rule book, find gift of tongues. 
Lord, hopefully in here somewhere you can tell me what my coworker is talking about because I don't know what they're talking about. We're not going to go there tonight, I don't think. But when the, when the Scripture is listing the, the spiritual gifts, gifts of healing, gifts of the word of wisdom, and by, this spirit, the, by, by the same Spirit, this gift. The gift of tongues is one of those, okay? And I'm not trying to make this lesson about what different groups believe, okay? Don't, don't, don't get me misunderstood. But get the gift of tongues as it's in the Scripture is not the same thing as what we see playing out here in Acts chapter 2. What we see in Acts chapter 2 is the initial sign of the indwelling, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It says it, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to say that's 1 Corinthians 12, right? Um, write that down, go there and look, that, look at that another time. But that, you'll see that's a different occasion. It says it, it's repeated in that passage, the same Spirit, the same Spirit, the same Spirit. What we see here in Acts chapter 2 is the same Spirit, Okay, but it's not the same event. It's not the same activity. It's not the same. Um, it, it's not even with the same purpose. We know someone has the Holy Ghost, receives the Holy Ghost, is full of the Holy Ghost. By looking at this scripture. It links the two together. The fact that they're filled with the Holy Ghost and the fact that they begin to speak, begin to speak, begin to speak with other tongues. I was about to get married. So it was 2005, and um, my father-in-law, the bishop, Bishop Schoonover, he said, I want you to go to Illinois with me to a, a prayer and fasting meeting. I thought, okay, I'm about to marry your daughter. That's kind of the least I can do. I can oblige you for that. And I was just out of college and, and um, had the free time. Thank the Lord. What was that like? Wow. <laughs> but I, I was able to go. And, and as soon as I get there, the, <laughs> if I could mimic the chuckle of the ministers that they saw, <laughs> here comes this fresh meat. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. Um, and he, he would take me and introduce me to a, a minister friend of his. He's marrying my daughter. <laughs> He's going he's gonna to move out to Washington and be a part of my church. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what do these guys know that I don't know? 
<laughs> that's, about, that's about as far as I could figure out what was going on. But then the sessions of ministry started, and um, man, I, I started to put two and two together and realize there is a, there is a, um, a spirit of ministry here that I'm, that I'm getting to witness and getting to learn from and getting to receive from. And it, it's just so new to me. It's so different to me. And it was kind of my initiation in a lot of ways to, to the spiritual ministry that I was receiving there that week and, and have since. But at one point, I was sitting on this side of the sanctuary, a little further back than where Brother Troy is, um, in, in, the, in the building there. And the, the minister that had the microphone, he was, he was not talking about this. He wasn't talking about the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, nothing like that. He was on an entirely different topic, and it was, it was great and powerful, and I needed it. We all needed it. But so he's, he's I guess he's kind of pacing like me in, in a sense, and he goes over to this way and that way, and when he gets to even in parallel with where I'm sitting in the sanctuary, he stops, and he turns, and he looks at me right in the face. There's probably a hundred or so people in there. And he looks at me further back in the, in the room and he says, do you have a problem with speaking in tongues? And I, I immediately I became that fifth grader that we talked about at the beginning in the classroom. <laughs> no, me? Huh? I'm Pentecostal, yeah. And... I looked him in the eyes from my seat, and I said, no, sir. <laughs> and he nodded, and he kept going. He said, okay. And he kept ministering, speaking. And then I think he's heading back this direction, and he finds that his mark on the floor stops, looks at me again. It's kind of like he's got two different conversations going on at this point. One with everybody in the room and another one with me. Simultaneous. And this time I knew it, we weren't done with the conversation. Just by his pause, we weren't done with the. And he looks at me and he says, I don't mean doctrinally. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay. And at the same time, I'm thinking about <laughs> those chuckles that I was hearing from the ministers <laughs> every time I get to meet a new one. And they're like, here we go. Well, this is what we were waiting for. That's what it felt like to me. But so he says, I don't mean doctrinally like you, 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 like you, you, you don't think you uh, have a problem with speaking in tongues. What he says was, is it easy for you to speak in tongues or do you struggle with speaking in tongues? And I thought, well, clearly we're not going to move past this the way that I was thinking and hoping we might. So either I can continue to hold up this session of, uh, of everyone in the room and, and continue to argue with him from my seat in my uh, defiant little way of thinking. I can, I can try to convince him and me that, no, I'm good. Move on. I'm Okay. I got this. I like the other stuff that you were teaching. Just stay there for a while. 
But so when he says, is it, is it, is it difficult for you to speak in tongues? I thought, okay, yes. I nodded or said yes or something like that. And he said, okay, come stand up here. Well, by this point, the, the, the nerves are gone. I mean, I, I, I know that it's just me and him in the room and everybody else is just here for entertainment. It's what it feels like. <laughs> so he says, okay, come stand up here in the front. And I stand there in the front. They pray for me. Spiritual uh, things happen and take place there, and it's imparted. But what I left there with was an understanding of what we see here in Acts 2-4, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Now, I had spoken in tongues before, yes. I was 19 years old at the time. I had received the Holy Ghost 10 years before prior to that, more than 10 years ago. And uh, I was seven years old the first time I spoke in tongues. I thought, why is this new to me? Why is this different? Why, Why would I sit there in the building and say, yes, it's difficult for me. Yes, I struggle with speaking in tongues. I feel like I should have conquered that at age seven when I experienced Pentecost. But clearly I had not. The, the utterance is what I was missing. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost I had done. With the sign of the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. But th- that was the beginning. They began to speak with other tongues. Now if you look back at that setting you realize it wasn't just a quick little baptism of Holy Ghost. Baptism of Holy Ghost. Oh, thank the Lord, we got it. We can go now. No, clearly it was enough going on in that upper room that the people outside the house heard and started to perceive something's taking place up there. It actually says, for they heard them speaking in their own tongue. This, this, this vision of uh, appearing of cloven tongues as a fire and, and setting on each of them and they're receiving that, that played out in this way. Let's read it. This is Bible study, right? We can read a little bit. Verse 5. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, when it says this being noised abroad, it's not like, hey, somebody run out there and tell tell everybody what's going on. Not that kind of noised abroad. When the noise of the Holy Ghost... (laughs) left the building and others started to hear what was taking place in that upper room, the multitude came together. This would be like people pulling in off of Main Street because they hear what's taking place in a building. It 
Every man heard them speak in his own language. Verse 7, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How then... How then? I'll give you. An, I'll give you an example of this real fast. So, I mean, this is just one that popped into my head. Toppenish, they have the big cultural center there, right? And and people from various areas will travel there at different times of the year for the different types of celebrations that are going on. People from all around the state and even further out than that. We'll go in there and see, oh, this, this is a time of celebration. And if it, if it was a lot of people in there that spoke different dialects, different languages from different areas, they wouldn't expect to see a group of a hundred or so people speaking all the different various languages and dialects. No, they, aren't these all... This type of people with this common language? So if that's the case, how am I hearing my native tongue? How, am, how are you hearing your native tongue? And how hear we every man? Verse 8. In our own tongue wherein we were born. Parthians and Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt. The list goes on and on. People from all these different places hearing their own tongue. Verse 11, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues Gibberish. Nope. Nonsense. Nope. Testimonies. Truth is what they're hearing. It says the wonderful works of God in my own language. I'm hearing this. You see, ex the experience of Pentecost, the things that started and took place there, it was not only about being able to leave church saying you got the Holy Ghost. It began the work of the church. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others, mocking, said, These men, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea 
And all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, let me pause here for just a second and tell you what took place was already rooted in the Word of God. It was spoken of in prophecy that this will take place. If someone came to you and said, there's a new phenomenon, a new religion, and here's what everybody's doing. They're driving a nail through their big toe. Wait a second. What? Where is that in the scripture? It doesn't work that way. Oh, yeah. It's a, this is the greatest and latest thing. Everybody is doing this trend. They're all getting this sign tattooed on their arm. And it means blah, blah, blah. Where is that in the scripture? Peter pointed out to them that what was taking place was rooted in the scripture. That's something they couldn't argue with. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Now, I'm not the I'm not the most excitable person, and especially not the most v- visibly excitable person. Uh, that's just part of my personality, my character, my nature. But but when I see this, and when I when I learn and, and see in Scripture what's taking place, it's called revelation. And when we when we get revelation. And understanding, that's exciting. It's positive. I will show wonders in heaven. Signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Wow, whoa, 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 wait, oh, wait, wait, time out. We're talking about the upper room stuff here. We're talking about the pouring out of the Spirit here. Pouring out the promise. And that all sounded good, and, and, and we see that. But Peter is quoting everything Joel said about in the last days. Here's a sign for you. The last days are starting because I'm pouring out my Spirit. 
And in the last days, here's what else I'm going to do. There's going to be signs in heaven. Signs in the earth. Proof. Proof. Everyone say proof. Proof that what I began, I am going to do. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Lord, it's not just about speaking in tongues. It's not just about receiving the Holy Ghost. It was the beginning of the church. It was the beginning of the work of the church. And what Peter is doing here, but he could have stopped, you know. He could have just said, these people received the outpouring of the Spirit that Joel talked about. And everybody could have been like, okay, that's good enough for me. Thank you very much. That explains the miracle. On with our day. But the, the fire that was in Peter, the revelation... The understanding that he had and the boldness with which he had to speak this says, people, listen. All of this is coming to pass. The last days are coming to pass. Verse 21, it says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I told you earlier, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and uh I saw all kinds of people come through the, the church and the young people, the young adults, the adults. And uh, I, I'm going to confess something here. I feel guilty about it just even thinking about it. But I, I, I could see people that I would label as, oh, that's a Peter type of a person. That's just the one that loves to preach. That's just the one that loves to get all fired up and rowdy and yell about the Holy Ghost. What he was doing, he was not missing an opportunity to share the word and the work that God was doing in the earth. Uh, this is a little side note here. This is as long as we're talking about my childhood in the church. I was probably in the neighborhood of five years old. And at that age, when uh, what we did was we slept under the pews. Uh, sometimes we woke up and realized there was no pew anymore because the chairs had all been... Pew, Looked like a bomb went off in there. And all of a sudden, there's just lumps of kids sleeping in various spots along the carpet. And you wake up and you 
Make sure you're not going to get stomped on, and then you roll over, pull your dad's jacket back over your head, and man, we slept through that stuff, Brother John Stone. Amazingly. 90s, 80s. But I remember, I, I have a vivid memory of one of the men in our church at that time giving a tongues and interpretation. We, we, we talk a little bit about the, you know, the gift of tongues and the types of different things. Well, this is, the, one's given the gift of tongues, the other's given the gift of interpretation. And I remember seeing that and hearing that as a child and being startled by the, the, the loud and booming voice that this man had. Thus saith the Lord, I am the God of Israel. And I'm just like, did, did I miss something? Did, did God like walk into the room? Does this guy really think that he's... And I, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot, a lot of understanding, but it caught my attention when somebody stood and professed, I am the God of Israel. <laughs> I'm telling you what, you grow up as a Pentecostal child and you see some things and you hear some things and you realize the Word of God is forever. That's how it is in the Scripture. It plays out in real life. So what Peter is here saying is, Joel told us, the prophet told us, these things were going to happen. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Verse 21 is where he ends quoting the prophet. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's, what, that's the end of the prophecy that he quoted. Verse 22 is Peter now talking. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by the Miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be Holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Peter knew the things that this group needed to hear. He's speaking with the unction of God here to these people. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. All of that was the explanation for why Jesus could not be holden in death. Thou hast made 
known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make it, thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Pausing again. What did Joel say? Your old men. Your old men, your young men, your sons, your daughters. They're going to share the word of God. They're going to prophesy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Just as it was necessary on the day of Pentecost for Peter to have a prophet to be able to speak back to and quote the voice of prophecy is needed in this day. It's going to continue to be needed. How shall they hear? Now, I'm, I'm going to try to be kind for a minute and speak about we. When I say we, I'm talking about, uh, let's just say everyone else but us in Pentecost for a minute. So you don't think I'm picking on you. We expect multitudes and droves of people to come into our churches and just, boom, get a revelation. And like that, everything is going to be great and awesome. How shall they hear without a preacher? And another news flash for you. The preacher is not just the one holding the microphone standing in the front of a church building. The preacher is the one that shares the word of God when and how and where it's needed to be shared. The voice of God. It's, it's necessary. It's required. The work of God will not be done without the voice of God. You, when you speak, you are the voice of God. Why else would the sons and the daughters be prophesying? Not just to have good church. And not just so someone can get up and say, oh, I've got a word from God. I told you I'm trying to be nice.
Would you just pray where you're seated for a moment? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, this is your word as you've spoken it. This is your truth, God, as you've declared it. Your word is forever settled in heaven. Your word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus, we believe that we are in the last days. We know, O oh God, that we are. this time is upon us, Lord. And you've chosen each of us, every person in this room. You've chosen us to live for this time. You've chosen us to be a part of your kingdom for this time. God, I'm praying right now that your words would abide in us. God, I'm praying that each time we open our mouth to speak, whether it's in prayer or in a time of witness or testimony, every time, God, that we speak and open our mouth, it is to declare your word, your truth. I believe it, Lord. In the last days, the sons and the daughters shall prophesy. I believe it, Lord Jesus. Help us to have your utterance. Help us to have your spirit dwelling in us, God, that we would speak according to your will, that we would speak your word. In the name of Jesus, come on, I want you to pray for a little bit. The Lord's here. Let him put some words in your mouth and give voice to them for a moment. Come on, why don't you stand and put your faith into action for a moment. We believe the things that we've read. We need to believe that He will do them through us, in us, and with us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We declare Your Word, Father. We declare your word, Father, your truth, Father. He katahamai ye andara la satahaya. He andala satahaye. He katamai ye andala satahai. Ne amanda rosha katahasaya. He namanda lo sotahakataye. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Hina Lamanda ye kasata haye, Hina Losota In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Hina Dalaye Yada Loso Kota haye, Handa ye Yada Lasata haye, Yena Manda Hasakata hai. Lea manda loso kata hayea. Hina manda hasata Hina mahasata hayea. He manda loso kata
All right, I'm going to let you be seated for a moment. I'll, I'll tell you a problem that our world is seeing in the church. So this was early 90s or, or somewhere around there. That, that story I mentioned about when I was a, a fifth grader and to say that someone was Pentecostal, it meant something. It still does. But I feel we as churches, and again, I'm trying to speak universally so nobody thinks I'm just trying to hound on any particular congregation or group. I feel that we as churches in this day we're more caught up and preoccupied with what does someone think about me and our church? Even if it's something as simple as throwing out the term Pentecostal, I can be preoccupied with worrying about what does someone think when they hear that term. That's not my business. Ooh, that's not my business. I don't need to be meddling in that. I don't need to be spending my time carrying, uh, caring and worrying about that. All I'm going to do is take on a lot of pressure, a lot of problems that are not mine to begin with. But see, this is, this is a, uh, a spirit of this age, and it's a trick of the enemy of this day and age to get you to think about the littlest thing rather than what you should be thinking about. Man, I, Lord, I pray that he just starts sending people in off the street and out of other places into our buildings, into our churches. I'm, I'm all for that 100%. The, the scripture, the Lord will draw. No man cometh to the Lord except the Spirit draw him. I want that. And what I don't want is for me to be sitting here worried about their perception of these things. Oh, man. I hope brother so-and-so doesn't go up and say something to them. I hope sister so-and-so doesn't start acting like that when, you know, when the, when the spirit starts moving. Uh, can we just not go there today, Lord? Can we, can we, what am I doing? If you want to be honest for a minute, what I'm doing is I'm trying to prevent the Spirit of God from hitting them like it hit me. Why? It's not my problem. Oh, I just, I, I can't see, I, I, oh, I can't see them. 
man, this is unbelief. Why are we dealing with unbelief right now? Yeah. I, I, I just want them to... Everybody doing okay? Our first child was kept in the NICU eight days after she was born. We were new parents, and this is, I think I, I, I'm thankful, and I still feel like this is the reason why we only went through this with our first child, because we didn't have an idea of what to expect at this point. Everything that was happening, I couldn't have told you what was normal other than that. I think it's normal that she might be this way and have to have this kind of care and have to need this type of thing. And, and, and I, 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 we were new parents. Now, where that gets me in trouble is I've seen souls one to the Lord now. I've seen people go through the new birth process and new birth experience and if I'm not careful, the more of that that I see, the harder it is for me to believe that this is for everybody. Because the Lord affected this person this way, and the Lord did this to that person, and this family over here was doing that. And all I'm doing is I'm just racking up reasons why I think this might not work for so-and-so. That is unbelief. It's doubt. And it will strangle the work of God. It will choke the word of God. We're not just talking about settings in the church building here, okay? This, if, more, if anything, it probably happens more so outside the building when we put ourselves in a setting where I've got a word from God to share with an individual. And scripture talks about the seed. The different types of soil that it falls on. The farmer does not try to just find the good soil and think, okay, whew, here's, here's a good spot. Let's dump all the seed right there. That's a waste of the farmer's time, my friend. He sows on all types of ground. In this parable, I and you, we are the sowers of the seed. The seed is the word of God. Thankfully, Jesus broke this down for us in great detail. The seed is the word of God. The sower is the one that shares the word of God. And if I am a sower and I'm thinking, man, I've got this precious little seed right here in my pocket. And I've got to be so careful with where I share this. So careful with where and how I sow this. Because, man, this thing is just so precious. And if I share it here, I could just tell you what's going to happen. They're going to waste it. If I sow it over here, I could, no, that's not going to work well. I can just tell because they got this going on and that. Here's a million reasons why this seed is not going to grow. It's not my problem. 
I'm called to sow. You're called to sow. What we've been talking about this whole time in various facets and different ways is allowing the Spirit of God to flow through you. Whether it's in prayer, one-on-one, whether it's in your time of devotion and it's just you and God, you've got to allow the Spirit of God to flow through you in that or else it's kind of just like... (laughs) It's kind of just like, you ever seen a ping pong table where you can take half if you've got one player and stand it up like a straight wall and you can just pop, 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 pop. Had one of those when I was a teenager. When my brother, uh, my older brother left to go to college, I lost my ping pong partner. Had to stand that thing upright. It was no fun. I couldn't win. I couldn't lose. It was no fun. If I'm not allowing the Spirit of God to flow through me in prayer, I might as well be the only one playing because I'm just taking shots at, well, Lord, maybe you can do this today. or Maybe, how, how's that going? And, and, and let me tell you about this. There's no flow. If I'm, if I'm a sower... And supposed to sow seed, and there's no flow. That's what we just talked about. I'm not. I, I, I'm just going to be too concerned about every other thing except sowing that seed. If we're talking about outreach, bringing people in to our churches, if we are. If by the grace of God they come into our churches and we are concerned with everything else but the flow of the Spirit, we're not going to see the results. Why don't you stand? What the Lord has been talking about here is that I almost said it's attainable. Not only is it attainable for each of us, it's expected for each of us to reach and then to, to stay there, to live there. Because my question is, once you get inside the flow of the spirit, why would you ever want to leave it? You don't have to. He doesn't want you to. There's one time when Jesus the man was dying on the cross and he had to experience death. It says he's, he became sin for us. At that point, he experienced what it was like to step outside the flowing of God's spirit through him. We know this because of what he said. My God, why hast thou forsaken me?
That's the only time that he was outside of this type of life, this type of living, this type of working, speaking, dwelling, abiding, all of those things. Jesus was the example of this for us. So if my question is, once I'm inside the flow, why would I ever leave it? The answer, we probably don't want to admit. Because there's got to be a separation between him and me. His spirit leaving, forsaking. Brother Johnston, I'm going to turn this over to you. Can you just worship the Lord for a minute? Just lift your hand, your heart, your voice. Father, we come to you tonight. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity, Lord, to grow in grace and in knowledge, Lord. Father, we're thankful, Lord God, that we can learn how to walk in the flow of the Spirit with you, Lord God. The words that we speak are spirit and life, Lord God. That life and the spirit can only be spoken if I've spent time with you, Lord God. And that I understand what you're trying to do and flow through us, Lord God. Lord, we need you, Lord God. We need the outpouring of your spirit, Lord, in our hearts and every day, Lord, in our lives, God. Oh, we come to you tonight, God. We come to you tonight. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and press in right now. Just go ahead and allow the Spirit of God to talk to you tonight. Maybe, maybe you've, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, I, I would encourage you tonight just to lift your hands and just begin to worship God out of your heart. Just begin to let the Spirit of God flow. His love is going to flow as you worship, as you praise Him, as you love Him. It will open a window of heaven to you today. And let that spirit, as a spirit gives the utterance, you're going to begin to speak in another tongue, another language. Hallelujah. That flow of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love you tonight, Lord. I love you tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you for the love of God tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, the Bible said God is love. He wants to baptize you in his spirit of love, that flow of the spirit tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Real love, not, not the love this world tries to sell us and give us, but the real love of God, hallelujah, that comes through the spirit of the living God tonight. Hallelujah. God, I love you tonight. I love you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This is for everyone. Children, boys, girls, teenagers, men, women. God intended all of us to walk in the Spirit. 
God intended for all of us to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that, that the relationship that we would have would be a spiritual relationship. Uh, it would be a personal, in-depth relationship that comes in the Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth tonight, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I worship you tonight. I worship you. Why don't you find someone, why don't you just pray with them that God would just touch them and, and anoint them and, and, and minister to them tonight. Let his spirit work something wonderful tonight in the Holy Ghost. There's something that happens when we come together and we pray and we, and we agree in the spirit. God, I want the move of God. I want the presence of God. I want those things of God in my life tonight. Oh, how I love you tonight, Lord. How I love you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's beautiful worship. Just press in a little more. That's wonderful. Just let the Holy Ghost just flow right now. Let that Spirit of God, it could be for a healing, could be for a deliverance, it could be for a financial need, it could be for a, a, a spiritual healing, an emotional healing. It, it's going to happen in the Spirit. It's going to be the Spirit of God moving that's going to bring that into your life. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. God, I can't do it on my own. I don't have the strength or the power or the wisdom, God, but you do, Lord. I come to you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you're so good tonight. God, you're so good. Hallelujah. God, send your word to Sister Roa again tonight, God. Touch her again tonight with healing and comfort and strength in the name of Jesus. Move in Sister Tylee's life tonight. Send the word of healing into her body, Lord, that prayer cloth in the name of Jesus. Oh, would you raise her up tonight? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come, 
Let it flow out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.